0: This is the Frogcast.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Frogcast. We hope you had a good holiday so far, enjoyed um, some meals, time with family, maybe a horn frog gift or two under the Christmas tree. We're going to talk about the Liberty Bowl today. We're going to talk about some uh, prospects that are rising up through the ranks of Texas high school football that are joining us. we got a few of your reader questions we're going to look at, that and a whole lot more on this special bowl episode of the Frogcast. Well, Trey, I don't know if you know this, but uh, background checks seem to be optional in the state of Florida now. Florida Atlantic has hired Lane Kiffen and uh, Kendall Bryle. So I don't know if you were going to put your name in the hat now since they don't have to worry about background checks. But that came around last, since the last time we talked.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's got a new uh, team on the most hated list. Fastly, you know, quickly moving up to the top of that list. Uh, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not huge Lane Kiffin hater, but obviously can't stand anybody with the last name Bryles. So it'll be interesting to see how uh little Bryles does, you know, away from Baylor, away from his dad out on his own. Um, you know, I saw that, I guess Kiffin was going to give him pretty much, um, you know, full control of the offense. And so, We'll see. It'll be curious. He took a big pay cut, and uh, I don't know. It'll be curious to see, but uh, if I'm the NCAA, you might as well just open a new office right there on campus.
1: Yeah, open a new office, and uh, they need to double their compliance budget there at Florida Atlantic. I don't even know where Florida Atlantic is, but I I guarantee you people are going to be talking about it this season. Is it in
0: Florida? I think it's in Florida, yeah.
1: Okay, (laughs) okay. I'll I'll go with that. I'll go with that. I thought it was in Georgia, but I guess you guys are right. Two to one vote. I'll go with you all.
0: <laughs>
1: Daniel, I know that you, uh, you're you going to miss little Brials and I know that you've enjoyed this little debacle in Waco. But um, <laughs> you interested in watching FAU this year?
0: Um, not really. Uh, I'll, I'll be interested to see what happens. Like I'll watch the news and see. Uh, they'll, they'll probably be in there. They'll probably adopt the uh, Friday evening news dumps. And things like that, um, all out of the Bryles, you know Baylor playbook. I think, um, like Trey said, that's that, that pretty much FAU has now jumped to the top of everybody's hate list because uh, I'm not either necessarily a huge Lane Kiffin hater, but I know he's a scumbag. And um, then you add, you know, one of the biggest scumbags in training. Uh, Little briles there, and it's it's just going to be a recipe for hilarious, hilarious disaster. Um, I can't wait. Uh, I also can't wait to see uh, what happens with the new crew uh, at Baylor. It, um, I, I saw something today where it looks like Mark Rule kind of didn't do his homework very well as far as regarding Baylor. Uh, and he might be uh, a little bit in over his head as far as... Um, all the scandals and everything. So uh, looks like good times ahead.
1: Well, in the in the words of Uncle Eddie, Clark, that's the gift that keeps on giving. So we'll have plenty to talk about, I'm sure, in the offseason with Baylor as well as FAU. Just um some standard talking points, whenever we want to lighten the mood here on the Frogcast. Trey, we got a Liberty Bowl coming up at the end of this week. The Frogs are playing the Georgia Bulldogs out of the mighty SEC. Uh, it's almost like a pillow fight, but it's an extra bowl game. It's an extra game with extra practices. So, of course, we're going to watch it. I'm excited I get to go. What's, what's your opinion on on, on what we're going to see in this bowl game? And, you know, I know we all watch a lot of college football, but I didn't get to whole, watch a whole lot of Georgia. What do you expect from this Georgia team as we travel up to Memphis to take them on in the Liberty Bowl?
2: Yeah, so – You know, like you, I'm looking forward to the game just because it's another TCU game we get to watch. But, um, you know, I don't have necessarily good or bad feelings for Georgia as a whole, as a program. But one thing that I think y'all would agree with is it just bothers the hell out of me that every single year, They're preseason top ten, and they finish the season seven and five, six and six, eight and four. They are the like least the the most overrated team. It seems like almost year in and year out, they're up there with Texas. They just make the top twenty five just because the people that vote are like, well, might as well just put Georgia in there, big state school. So that's always drove me crazy, but. Going into this one, I don't know. It's going to be curious to see. It's kind of two um, strengths going at each other. Georgia's 16th in total defense, allowing 328 yards per game. TCU is 23rd in total offense, averaging 470 yards, uh, 475 yards per game. So kind of got the strength of both teams going at each other. Um You know, Kenny Hill's coming off the injury. He's been practicing, so we'll see how that goes. I think if he, you know, is good Kenny Hill where he uses his feet and doesn't throw interceptions, the Frogs should have a really good chance at winning this game. Um, One thing when I was looking up just kind of some numbers and stuff for a podcast, and I guess I didn't really realize it, but TCU is 6 Six in sacks this uh, year with, I think, like 40-something sacks. And uh, I guess that kind of surprised me because I, I don't know. I didn't necessarily feel like our pressure has been that great this year. But obviously it's been better than what my eyes saw. So, um, you know, if, if the defense can get after, you know, Georgia, put some pressure on them. Um, and like I said, if there's good Kenny Hill, I think the Frogs have a really good chance at winning this.
1: Yeah, I agree with your assessment of Georgia from top to bottom. In some way, they're uh, they're like a Dixie version of Texas A and M. You know, they have all the program, all the facilities, all the fans, all the money, all the recruits, and they never have accomplished much at anything. I mean, I do remember the the, bowl, the SEC title game against Alabama in 2012. That was a great game, but that's the closest they've ever really got to to making a mark nationally. But everybody kind of like you said, kind of props them up. Oh, they're top ten. They now have, um, you know, uh, they got a new coach. He was, you know, he was from the, te- the the Nick Saban tree and they went seven and five this year. So I'll be really curious to see what a Kirby smart coach team can do against the spread. So I know we're not embodiment of, of 2008 Oklahoma, but I do think we're going to be able to move the ball against them. So it is going to be a curious, curious game, like you said, with a matchup of strengths from their defense and our offense. And um, it's, it's going to be worth watching. It's a bowl game. It's TCU. We're going to be there. Daniel what what TCU team do you think is going to show up on on Friday we've had kind of a doctor heckled and mr uh, doctor uh, Jekyll and mr high team this season from the highest of highs to the lowest of lows ended with a thud what team do you what team would you expect and predict is going to show up in the Liberty Bowl
0: i got to think uh, the the good team um, because uh, you know you give gary patterson enough time to prepare I, i'm confident he's going to Take care of, of of whatever team he's you know um, matched up against. I I'm not too worried about Georgia. They're, like they're they're ridiculous. The SEC East is crap, uh, and to have a record like that in the SEC East is pretty sad. Um, the only thing they actually did this year, I th- think if I remember right, is they beat Auburn, who was ranked nine or something like that. Um, congratulations, but that's how weird the sec east is because then they also lose to vanderbilt and stuff like that it's it's a it's an unpredictable mess um even the sec west isn't that great so much anymore so i'm not too too concerned i think i but i'm not sure on their game plan like we were saying like do we need is good kenny hill going to show up or is bad kenny hill going to show up I don't know. What's you know? What's their game plan? Are they going to switch to a running game so we don't have to worry about Kenny Hill too much, or is it going to be uh, let's pass it, you know, spread them out because they're not used to that, and hope the good Kenny Hill shows up? That I don't know. Um, I think it'll be a good game, but I don't think, I don't think george has got it to take TCU out. I just don't. Yeah. Georgia ended
1: the season with a loss to Georgia tech 20, 28, 27, you know, some, some noticeable games. They beat Nichols state on week two, 26, 24 in a game. They should have lost. They got annihilated by old miss 45, 14. Who didn't go to a bowl. They got beat by Tennessee. They lost to Vanderbilt, 17, 16 lost to Florida. That's all right. You know, they put, they made the title game. So that's not bad. Beat Kentucky. Beat Auburn, but then turned around and um, had a close game against uh, Louisiana, Lafayette, and lost to Georgia Tech. So their season in some way kind of mirrors our season, um, and I think it's the ability to have that prep time that I think is going to benefit us. We're going to heal some people up. I think with Kenny Hill, hopefully 100%, Cavante Turpin 100%, we'll be in a better spot to be able to, to make the most of the, of, the, of the difference that I think is going to begin and end. With the head coaches, so Kirby Smart is a is was a great defensive coordinator. It's yet to be determined if he's a great head coach, but I do feel really good about Gary Patterson being the head coach for our, uh, second trip to the Liberty Bowl under Gary Patterson. So, anything else you guys uh, can think about in this game? We're going to give some predictions here before we go. But when you think about what we want to see in this game, or players that need to step up and make an impact for us to be able to beat Georgia.
2: Oh, man, I just honestly would like to just close this season out with a win. Um, it would be nice, you know, for Hill to play well. Um, it would be, you know, I think that the TCU defense, um, I I think they're going to be able to contain Georgia's offense fairly well. Um, and so that's what I guess kind of gives me a little bit, Um, more confidence in this game because like we were talking about, I think our offense will be able to move the ball. And I think the Georgia offense will, will, you know, move the ball a little bit, but um, I think our defense will be able to contain them enough that I don't know that they're not going to be able to put up enough points to stay in the game is kind of how I'm thinking this is going to play out.
1: Yeah, I tend to agree. I think if, if Kyle Hicks hits a hundred yards and Kenny Hill hits 300 yards, we're going to win the game. That means we've been able to move the ball. We've been able to run the ball. And I I feel pretty confident about our ability to shut their run game down. I know they got a strong run game. I know Nick Chubb is a, is a quality running back, but I think we'll be prepared for that. I'm not, I'm not too concerned about shutting down the Georgia offense. And I think our, I think our offense will, will be ready to go. Well guys, let's go on the record here as if we're Vegas oddsmen. Um Daniel, give me a final score. Give me your prediction for the auto zone Liberty Bowl with Georgia TCU.
0: Um thirty-five to
2: fourteen TCU. Nice. I approve. Trey, what you got? I'm going with twenty. I'm gonna say twenty-eight 28 to 14, TCU. 28, 14. I'm gonna go 38,
1: 23, something like that. 38, 23. It'll be a couple touchdowns uh, game that we win by, and uh, yeah, I feel pretty confident in that. So, well, we will all know by the end of this week. So, hopefully, the frogs that you know, we got the opportunity to play. We got a bowl game, but I got to tell you, I'm I'm a lot like Trey right now, man. Let's just win the in this season. End it with a win and then move on to what is next because, in some ways, this entire season has been a bridge from Trevon Boykin to Sean Robinson. If you did not watch the Texas uh, state championship games, either going over to Jerry World, which you should have if you could have, or watching it on Fox Sports Southwest, like I did, you got to see you, you missed some great football from top to bottom. But you got to see DeSoto win the Texas state championship 6A and Sean Robinson, who has been committed to TCU for almost two years, four-star quarterback who has just you know put DeSoto on his back, led them their first ever state championship 16-0, number two in the country. Trey, I know you and I were texting. We watched this game. We've kind of followed along with with Sean Robinson all season. What did you see in that game that made you think Sean Robinson was special? And feel free to wildly speculate as a sports fan of what you think is going to translate into Robinson playing next year and the years beyond.
2: Well, it's just, you know, so fun to watch him play, you know, the few times that he's been on TV. um, For me, I guess what sticks out is. One, his size, and two, his ability to run. Um, he doesn't, to me, look like super fast. But I think that's because of his size and how he moves. Um, like he, to me, he looks like kind of the type that you're watching on TV. He doesn't look super fast, but if you're playing on the field against him, you're going to be like, "Wow, what just happened there? That guy blew by me." But um, you know, to me, he seems he can run, obviously he has the ability, you know, to throw the ball fairly well. Um, I didn't see, you know, not a scout, but I didn't see like a lot of problems with his accuracy. And, and I just think that I, you know, I haven't, you know, watched all of his games, but just based on what I've seen, I don't see why he cannot come in and start this next year. I just think that's what TCU needs to go with. Let's get him the experience. Let's start a new era. And I mean, you've seen the kind of the newspaper articles about him recently. Um, you know, how you know one quote said he wanted to go, you know, further away from home. He tried not to go to TCU, but he loved what he saw here. He loved the coaches, and you know, he stuck with his commitment. And, you know, he's been involved rec- with recruiting other guys to come here. And so from the outside looking in, it looks like he's just he's a good person. He's a good kid, you know, um, comes from a coaching family. So, you know, he's probably going to be fairly disciplined and open minded to being coach. So I can't say enough positive things about him. And I am so ready for him to be on campus. And I can't wait until. We start getting some you know reports in spring practice and whatnot of how he's looking because I'm I'm super excited about that guy.
1: Yeah, as you mentioned, he's gonna be on campus this spring. He's enrolling early, he'll be on campus in you know a week and a half, two weeks here. He has got all of the tools available to him. Like like all recruits, he's got potential. But we've been able to see him shine at the at the highest level of the best football in the country. When you're playing in big boy ball in Texas, uh, you're you're playing is, is the best that you can play. That pass that he threw at the end of the first half in the state championship game was was a bullet. He threw that, that to awesome. the only spot one of his guys could have got it. That was brilliant. That that was it. Actually, reminded me of a touchdown that Boykin threw against K State in 14, where he kind of got shook out of the pocket, and then he just saw David Porter coming across the back of the end zone, and he threw it to the only spot he could get it to him, and he scored. That yeah, that was so awesome to watch. I got up off my chair, was so excited watching him do that. So I'll be curious to see if he plays. I hope I hope one of two things happen. I hope he red shirts, or I hope he starts. You know, there's really not a whole lot of in between. So he's 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 got all the tools, man. This is the most uh, celebrated, heralded recruit to ever step on campus in the Patterson era. So I don't want to load the kid up with expectations. But when you see what he's able to do, oh my gosh, I cannot wait for him to be there. Anything else that you saw from um, watching Robinson in the uh, in that state championship game, Trey? Before we move on to Alito.
2: No. And I, I mean, I agree with you um, about the red shirt or playing thing. I uh, I'd much rather, like I said, start there's, I think I've said it before. I would rather say maybe lose a game or two next season where you could say maybe it was his fault or it was a rookie mistake, a young quarterback mistake. You know, maybe he throws a pick late or, you know, something like that. And that, Toss the frogs a game. I'd rather sit through a, a defeating loss like that with Robinson as QB than sit through a loss like that with Hill as the QB. I just think let's start moving forward. Let's just give him the vote of confidence that you're the starter so he doesn't have to be looking over his shoulder and let's move forward. That's how I feel.
1: I concur, 100% agree. Well, the other team that won a, yet another state championship were the Alito Bearcats. Daniel, you you live out in Alito. I have lived there many, many years ago, long before they started this big title run that they're on now. But I know that you followed along with uh, with the Bearcats. A couple of things I wanted to highlight, and you just tell me everything you know about this. We got Big Wes Harris that is enrolling early as well. He's a four-star offensive lineman that played on both sides of the ball this year. Chuck Filiaga, who is a 6'6, 30. I guess he's going to go to Michigan, but I'd love to keep him in Fort worth. If you didn't watch the story about James Robinson, I think he's about five, 300 pounds. We need to offer him. He's a junior. And then you've mentioned this on, on the killer frogs page before, uh, uh, the young man that's 14 years old is Jace. I can't remember his last name. But being there in the middle uh, of Alito and, and how crazy that town is about football. What was it like watching the Bearcats win another title? And is there anything you saw there that gets you excited about some recruits or potential recruits?
0: Well, you know, win another title, no big deal. Um, that's what we do. <laughs> uh, no, it's um, uh, Roll the kids. Tied yeah the kid's name is uh Chase McClellan, and he's fourteen and he reminds me of Shewo a little bit he's just he's already got that size um and he he just runs like that and that kid is amazing and so I guess you know we need to start looking into recruiting in the twenty twenty class or something like that and throw him in the mix um big game James was the other one you mentioned he's a junior, and um I love that kid. That kid's got, he's, you know, super high motor. He's just got one of those low center of gravities. He just plows through the line. <clears throat> and then, um, of course, Wes Harris, everyone's favorite. Uh, big dog. has been committed for a while. He's been uh, recruiting for TCU uh, on the Twitter and all that, and he's enrolling early uh, just here in a couple weeks. And I am super, you know, excited about him. Um, yeah, as far as Chuck Filiaga, he, we're already out, so don't worry about that. So.
1: Yeah, when I lived in Alito, they were just really starting to get to, to really kind of climb the ladder, and uh, Tim Buchanan was the head coach there then, but, you know, they had Jonathan Gray, and now it's. Uh, it's just player after player that they're putting in the league from that little town. It's, it's kind of amazing. In some ways, it's ridiculous. But, yeah, if there's one kid in that group I want, I want that James Washington. He is, he is a short little man that can just fill it up in the middle. So I, I was watching that game, and when they came to uh, down to the goal line, they, they lined up to where they had uh, Filiaga next to Wes Harris. And then they had James Washington in the backfield. And then they gave it to that kid, Jace McCollum. And that's a whole lot of meat to run behind. So, man, that was a fun game to watch with Alito. Uh, they also ended uh, ranked nationally. So nothing wrong with that, man. And Wes, Wes Harris's little brother it was an all-conference safety. He's a sophomore. I bet yeah, that kid's sense. good, too. He's going to come to TCU. Yeah. And their older brother transferred to TCU from Kansas. He's a he's a center. So. Mm-hmm. Small little family world there. Well, guys, to to wrap up here, a couple of quick things. I got a couple of reader questions that I wanted to just you know everybody give us a quick hit here. Uh, Trey, this one has your name written all over it. I don't know if it's a question, but they just want your feedback. Due to the legal obligation of Kenny Hill throwing at least one pick per game, can you uh, is there any way that we can arrange for it to happen in the first quarter and not the fourth quarter?
2: Yeah, I'll see what I can do. You I mean, he's had his fair share of first quarter interceptions this <laughs> year, too. So, um, yeah, we'll we'll see what we can do on that one.
1: All right. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll call up the powers that be on that one. Daniel, um, a guy named uh, Grant Throne that writes for Kansas State actually wrote in and said, how many games would TCU win if they were in the SEC East this year? I want to hear your answer, and I'll tell you what I told him. All of them. All of them? Yeah, why not? I, I tend I really think there's only two answers. We would win all of them, which is what kind of objective observation would make. And the only the only other appropriate answer is none because we're not SEC ready. So oh, yeah, that's, that's the only right. one I yeah. that's that's the that's you the only one I
0: handle that uh, week in, week out grind and all that. Uh,
1: when you have to play Kentucky, Vanderbilt, and South Carolina three weeks in a row, and then get to bookend it with an SEC uh, with an SCS team, don't don't talk to me about how tough the Big are So, world you're, so
0: is. you're so tired just thinking about playing those SEC teams that, but you know you can't even prepare for the SCS teams. It's it's just too brutal.
2: That's that true. Week in and week out grind. You can't you can't do it if you're TCU.
1: It just means more in the SEC.
2: That's what I've learned. It does. It
1: just means a little bit more. Yeah,
0: I've heard that. I've heard that. I've heard that, too.
1: I've heard that, too. Well, fellas, that's all we got for this week. Hopefully, by the time we get back on here, the Frogs will have uh, uh, logged a big win against Georgia. You know, it'll mean more because um, I I, I guess it won't mean anything. If we win this, isn't uh, Georgia constitutionally required to admit they didn't even want to show up for this?
0: Right. It doesn't mean anything. It means it means more to, well, I forgot where my joke was going. Never mind. If they
1: win, then it proves that the Big 12 and TCU are weak. But if we win, all it does is show that bowl games are meaningless and um, they didn't even want to be there in the first place. I think that's what it is.
0: So. Yeah, the SEC doesn't want to play for anything but a national championship. So, like, the whole season doesn't even matter. They really just want one game a year.
1: Yeah. Well, the good news is Georgia, if, if Alabama wins a national title, Georgia gets to hang a national championship banner in their hallway in honor of it. That's it, Cause if Bama wins it, it's like, we all win it. That's, that's what I have learned about the sec. So. Hopefully, when we get back, we'll be able to celebrate our hollow, useless victory against Georgia. We're going to turn the corner after the first of the year, maybe do a show or two about recruiting. We're going to have to pay attention to basketball here. We're really excited about that. And then we will talk about our baseball team, number one in the nation out of the gate. So. I'm to the point now where if we're uh, if we're not going to Omaha and playing for the title, it's going to be a disappointment. And that's kind of crappy expectations to put on a team this early. But I cannot wait for basketball and I cannot wait for baseball. Hopefully season for football mercifully ends with a good win. Well, guys, as always, this is fun. You all have a safe new year. Um, Track us down, as always, on iTunes, on KillerFrogs.com. You were a part of that family. You can find us at TheFrogCast.com. There's also lots of other platforms. You can find us on Google Play. Please follow us. Please leave us a review. Subscribe if you can. Let us know what you think. We appreciate you guys listening to this show. As always, for Trey Fallon and for Daniel Southern, I am Jeff Mitchell. Thanks for listening to The FrogCast.